Unsurprisingly, the Nerd and Tie podcast is part of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. For more podcasts, from actual play to true crime to witchcraft, just go to nerdandtie.com or join our Discord by going to nerdandtie.com slash Discord. Did you know you could sponsor Nerd and Tie? That's right. For just $20, we'd say your name here. We'd say something nice about you and maybe... Maybe, once everyone's vaccinated, we'll high-five your mom. Just go to nerdandtie.com and click on the sponsor information for more. Or you can contribute to our legal fund by going to gofundme.com slash nerdandtie. On this episode of Nerd and Tie, uh, you're going to get my review of the Snyder Cut. Uh, Zack Snyder also called out alt-right YouTubers, geeks, and gamers... Falcon and the Winter Soldier had has started, and we have some opening thoughts at least. And could we have cons before the end of the year? Yes, no, maybe so. All that on this episode of Nerd and Tie. Welcome to Nerd and Tie, the only podcast on the internet with a dress code. I am one of your hosts, Trey Dorn. Joining me, as always, is the phenomenal Genproc. What up? And the wondiferous Nikazumi. I am alive. Smelling like a rose that somebody gave you on your birthday deathbed? I, I'm gonna... Nah, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> nah. It's a, you know, a serious question. All right, um, so... It is, I know. <laughs> it's, it's certainly been a month. I'm out here quoting grunge rock songs of 30 years ago. I'm feeling like a grunge rock song of 30 years ago. As you should. Ugh. Grabbed a cable for later, and I don't know if I grabbed the right one. I guess we'll find out when I do the thing. Anyways. (laughs) We're so professional. It's. I gotta tell you, like, ever since I rearranged my desk, I have just completely destroyed mm-hmm. any semblance of organization I had here. That, yep. That is, okay, that's this cable. Would have been way easier if I had done that one, but, alright. On this later. episode of Trey's Desk Adventures. <laughs> alright, so, yeah, it's uh, it's it's been quite the month, and I guess we should maybe get started with our first topic, and that is, uh, lo and behold, the Snyder Cut came out and exists, and that's, that's boy, oh, is it exciting, and I watched it. I watched it on on Saturday, so I, I offered to my wife, said, hey, look, I need to watch this thing. I'm willing to watch this on my own, like without you you don't have to see it and she looked at me she says no i want to see the snyder cut and i'm like okay (laughs) and then it was like three o'clock on saturday and i'm like okay hon um if if we want to do watch anything else besides this today we have to start the snyder cut now (laughs) yeah and so we did and so it's it the movie is just over four hours long Oof. And no movie needs to be that long. Sorry, no. I need to say that. So oh, it t- it took us about four and a half, five hours to get through it because we just we we had to take breaks and pause and like then you know we ordered dinner and like 
but we made it through the whole thing in effectively one sitting. Um, and uh, that that certainly was a thing I watched. All right, so just just to start out before, because I know that some of our listeners liked this movie, and I don't want to spend this whole time shitting on it. So uh, let's be really clear. This was a better, more coherent film than Joss Whedon's release. And there are some very good things that happened with this movie. Um, there are important scenes that they put back in, um, like involving Cyborg, that I think were really important. Like the entire site, cy- like when I left, when I when I left Justice League, um, the when I watched it in theaters, um, the Joss Whedon cut, I spent my, my reaction was, like. There's all this connection of Cyborg to the mother box. Why does the ending not feel like he's important to be there? Like that Superman just takes care of everything. Like that was that was my impression of the film the first time I saw it. And you know what? That is the biggest thing that this version fixes. Cyborg, mm. besides being more integral to the whole story as a whole, um, is is vital to the end. Like his his inclusion in the finale is he plays a role that no one else could in that scene, and so it's very much very very. You guys, I don't know. What if that you is. guys are if you guys are hearing that, it's the goddamn street sweeper. Okay, okay, so it'll go away. So and, and we don't edit this show, so that's just getting left in. That's yeah. Street, okay, so um. I flipped it off, which you couldn't hear, but you can imagine. And so, like, I will say uh, the cyborg stuff was really good that they included. I will say that I don't like certain things they did with cyborg. Um, cyborg has ungodly powers in this movie. Um, we're going to go full spoiler here. I mean, I get like I don't feel like it's <coughs> there will be spoilers in this. I don't think that there's any <coughs> major plot. There, there are no major plot differences from the version of the movie you saw in like 2017, was it? So I don't feel too bad, but um, I'm not going to bother censoring anything because if you've seen that movie, you know what's going to happen. Um, this movie does a much better job with uh, um, Steppenwolf as making him a character in the film. Um, Steppenwolf and and they because they added in scenes of like Darkseid, um, and like his communications with, Apoc- you know, Apocalypse. Um, like Steppenwolf is a better villain in this cut. Cyborg's backstory is better. That is, that's the good part. This movie Uh-oh. is so visually bland. <laughs> it's like, let me tell you, I, like no. Snyder's. So it, it's like a funeral drone. It's like Uh-oh. a dirge, this film. It is a single emotional tone for four hours. Four emotionally draining hours. The best way I can explain it is like, so like I never even like, and I can handle that with Snyder's film when it's like two hours long. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, the Gordon Lightfoot song, the, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Okay. So for six minutes, that song is fine. Right. 
But yeah. but if you've ever really paid attention to that song musically, it is one looping melody for the whole thing without break. And then sometimes you get the dun 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 at the end of the phrase instead. But it's that for six minutes. And my my brother, one of my brother's friends growing up, um, ended up working in a bar for a while, and he just grew to hate this song. He was a musician, uh, and he grew to hate this song working in this bar because it was the record of the Edmund Fitzgerald was on the jukebox, and the clientele oh, no. of this place when drunk like to play that song and he would hear the song like eight times eight to ten times a day and just hated it so much because that song is fine for six minutes but for like an hour you want to kill yourself (laughs) like it's just yeah and And, and i guess that when i looked at the runtime like and again i i should clarify i have not watched this film yet i'm the only one of us um, who has as as a as a person who has spent a disproportionate amount of my time on the internet shitting on Zack snyder um i i do feel like uh i'm not going to cast any aspersions on the movie because i don't feel like i would be informed and people who i respect and like have told me that it's pretty watchable. Um, but I will say that I think it shows good directing and good editing is sometimes knowing what to keep and what not to keep. And I yeah. just can't imagine justifying well, four hours. Well, it's I the, can't imagine the biggest, justifying the biggest that. problem this film has is just some, so, so there are some scenes that are included in this film that, you know what? I'm like, no, there's a reason this scene was cut. Like, there's a scene with Barry Allen um, where he's like applying for a job at a pet store and like you, they, they introduce the character who they never name her on screen, but it's clearly like we know is supposed to be Iris. Um, and like the slow most people the thing and like it's the hot dog scene. And if you've ever seen the movie, you'll know why it's called, why, why I think of it as the hot dog scene. Um, it, it is 100% unnecessary. Like it does not need to be in this movie. Um, it is, like this scene does not need to be there. Like there are certain, like there are additional Aquaman scenes that are added and don't, don't get me wrong. I love Jason Momoa, but Mm -hmm. we didn't, you know, Aquaman works in the original film. Like, you know, he's a guy, you, you, you get his powers right away in the first scene that you meet him. And then he shows up later and that's all you need, right? Like, you know who this guy is. You don't need, like, it's, with The Flash, like, I'm sorry, but, like, pretty much everyone knows who The Flash is at this point, even though he hadn't had his own movie before Justice League. Like, he go, he runs fast, his dad's in jail, welcome to The Flash. Like, I, I was it's... about, I was about to say, like, even just from the trailer, I could tell that they almost and and this is kind of a recurring problem with the DCEU movies is that they they assume that you already know the characters from other media and like just from having watched the t- like not even counting my yeah. comic books like just from having watched the TV show i'm like oh okay they're going with the status quo from the first season of the TV show okay yeah. whereas someone like me who doesn't have that pre-existing knowledge like yeah 
I would have no idea who these people are and what's going on. Like, I wouldn't, I care even less. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think that counterpoints the cyborg stuff. Like, we need the cyborg stuff because he's central to the plot, and he's like, while, like, while Teen Titans is like, you know, was was a big TV show for a certain generation, and Teen Titans Go for like. The fact is, Cyborg is a much less well-known character with a, and especially within the context of this film, the connection to the mother box is not like a central part of Cyborg in anything else. You know what I mean? Isn't that like a New Fifty Two thing, if I'm not mistaken? Well, it, like it, it they may really, be. I think it may be. I, I honestly don't am not familiar with his appearance, but the my point is, is that like that is something that even me, a person who has read comics most of their life would need to be reminded of because like that's not a part of a lot like the versions of cyborg that I had encountered because I also stopped reading DC comics before the new 52. It it it's definitely not from the uh from the George Perez uh right, right. like original version of him. No, it, it's it's a not recent at thing. All. But, right. Yeah. But so my point is like yeah, that needs explanation. That needs hooks. But Aquaman all you really need for his involvement in the the finale for the later acts, all you really need to know is that he's super strong and talks to fish. Like he's a talented swimmer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like he's you. You get all of that from like, oh, he's Aquaman. Like, like we didn't need the add-in scene about him getting his mother's trident from Willem Dafoe. Like that was unnecessary. Um, but it helps set up the Aquaman movie that came out already. In, oh, right, two years ago. <laughs> Never mind. Right, and and you know what? Aquaman did fine without that setup. I mean, yeah, that that's true. Like, I don't like we have the the Aquaman movie came out, and you didn't need. Case in point, I still haven't seen the Justice League. Okay, and so you the haven't Aquaman seen either movie version. Worked fine without it. <laughs> Like there's there's lots of changes like in Joss's version of the Justice League of Justice League in in the Whedon cut, um, there are there's a civilian town near where the end battle's happening and the Flash and Superman are evacuating people. In this version, it's explicitly like a an abandoned, deserted like a Pripyat like town that there's no one living there in this version. So. Um, they, they do weird stuff like the inclusion of Martian Manhunter is neat, but like when you think about his appearance, it literally doesn't make sense. Like, uh, so, you know, in, in the original cut, um, Lois has gone back to work in the original cut and she has a conversation with, uh, Martha, uh, I almost said Martha Wayne, Martha Kent, um, at the Daily Planet. In this version, Lois has not gone back to work and is moping in her apartment and going to the memorial of Superman like every day or something. And she gets a visit from who she thinks is Martha Kent and then she leaves and turns out to be Martian Manhunter. There's no, like, I have, what was Martian Manhunter's plan? Like, <laughs> why is John, why is he talking? Visiting Lois. Lois like, and, and talking, yeah. That makes yeah. no sense. It doesn't make sense. Um, when Lois shows up after Superman's resurrected in the, the Whedon cut, she's there because uh, Batman brought her there. Like, Bruce thought ahead and brought her there. And so it makes sense. Like, it's planned. In this, 
she's just going back to the memorial again another day but she has put her press badge on because thanks to her conversation with martha she's decided to go for who she thought was martha she decided to go back to work she hasn't gone back to work yet and her going back to work would have nothing to do with her movement throughout the film it 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 doesn't it doesn't hold water um I love Lois Lane and, and even and I always, even as yeah. a like like I again I after shitting so much on Snyder I don't want to be unfair to this movie but he has never really done Lois Lane any favors and he, I, I'm not optimistic he about doesn't that. know what to do with Superman either so it's Superman is a is a MacGuffin for him not a character it's I have lots it's but so true. and I want to say I'm complaining about I want to be clear I'm complaining about all these things this is a better movie than Joss Whedon's version of the movie like I'm complaining about things that are slightly worse than the Snyder cut but as a whole this is a mo- co- more coherent film um another problem this movie has though is that there are just scenes that go too long like you you mean the kind of thing that like if you had an editor they'd be like okay this served its purpose let's make well, it shorter so that the movie a, isn't 4 hours there's a there's a scene, so 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 Gen and Nick have not seen this movie yet i have sorry, i, I sent I'm them sorry. i sent them a little gift set i made that you can oh, find yes. on my tumblr um and i want to ask you guys what do you think is happening here Um, okay, so to explain to the listeners, the gift set... It, it It's the image on this episode. If you go to nerdandtie.com and look at the preview image, that's the... But to describe it, it's a lady on, on, on the shores of a rocky... Like, there's like some a few buildings. It's the ocean. There's lots of rocks. And she's sniffing a sweater. Yeah. Deeply. And- and her mascara is like bleeding. She's looks like a raccoon. I'm sorry. I just yeah. And is therefore she's very sadly and deeply sniffing a sweater, like inhaling the scent off of it. And it makes you think, like, oh, whoever owns that sweater, like, must be dead or like, well, off to this die. Is, is it me stealing Lin Manuel Miranda's okay, laundry? First off, I don't first know. Off, I will say, I will say, the sweater. The only clue I'm going to give you is the sweater does belong to Aquaman. Oh, okay. So it makes me think like, oh, Aquaman, like it's, it seems like it's like, maybe it's his love interest and he's off to okay. fight the big battle and he might die. So, that doesn't make me feel better. No, so, okay, no. Aquaman. That's no, the okay, only so, like, logical so Gen, thing Mike can think of. Gen, have you that seen, made it worse. Gen, did you see the Joss Whedon cut of this movie? No. Okay, so I'm the only one <laughs> who's seen either version of Aquaman, of, 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 yeah, of either version of Justice League. Okay. Um, so there's a scene early on in Justice League, which is, I think, better done in the Joss Whedon cut. Um, but there's not like all like it's the same takes that have just been re-edited. So it's an editing issue for this where Batman goes to find Aquaman in this. And I think it's in the trailer, this Icelandic village where apparently our, there's Aquaman supposed to show up and help this village every winter with fish. It's a great scene where what a nice dude. Right, well, it's 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 a great scene in the movie in the original cut, and it's a decent scene in this one where uh, I think I think it works better with the timing and the Whedon cut. But this, it's not most of the scene is still good in this where Batman goes to this remote village and he's talking to the village leaders, and there's a translator who's who is Aquaman. Aquaman is pretending to be a local and is acting as the translator for for Bruce Wayne. 
um, nice. in the village. And like it's it's a very funny scene. It's very good. Um, but at the end of the scene, and at the end of the scene, like they walk down to the beach, and Aquaman takes off his sweater and dives into the water and swims away. Bruce walks back through the crowd and goes back because Aquaman has said no to him, turned him down, and swum off. Bruce yeah. walks away. Then the scene keeps happening, oh, and this woman, then this woman and two other women, blonde women with raccoon mascara, start singing. An, an acapella song in three-part harmony in Icelandic and she walks down to the <laughs> beach and she picks up his sweater and she sniffs the sweater and there's this long shot of like behind her a facing out to the ocean and I shit you not this is like over two minutes of movie and and, and Batman really is like gone it. Aquaman is gone I the scene yeah, is over. Gone. And he probably just has said, like, hi to her. Right. She's not an important figure in Aquaman. She's. It's not and, like and when they put in Willem Dafoe or more Mara. Like, it's like, no, none of this shit. Like, it's, she's not a character. I And it's I get it. just some like, rando fangirl. Like, Aquaman's great. Jason Momoa is very attractive. But, like... If I'm sorry, my first thought if I see Jason Momoa throw his sweater off, I'm my first thought is gonna be that's gonna be stanky. That's gonna smell bad. I'm just the sweater no sniffer. We get this the sweater sniffer for no good reason. While the other two are still while she's doing this, the other two are still singing the whole time. So you have this weird, like Icelandic acapella folk song happening. <laughs> Let me tell you, the soundtrack of this movie is so fucking weird. Like, there's this, like, uh, vocal line that, like, will play half the time. It's, there. The scenes are too long. Like, the, the destruction of the Theramesian Temple, like, adds all this stuff, but actually, like, makes the scene feel less intense. Like, the original chase from, like, when um, Hippolyta is running with the, the mother box away from you know steppenwolf you feel like he's right behind her throughout the original cut of that scene and this one she's like just stopping talking to people like <laughs> what is steppenwolf doing like it's um he's, he it's a video game she hasn't walked far enough to trigger the steppenwolf <laughs> quick time event so yeah. like as soon as she walks too far that triggers it and then she gotta press a again that's yeah, so 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 look it's like, while I think the climax of this film is so much better and the inclusion of cyborg shit is so much better that this is a better movie, there are so many new problems. Like, and, and don't get me so, 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 so the, the scene at the end that they play of which would have, like, so they, they do the scene that would have led into Ben Affleck's Batman movie that's not happening um, with, you know, uh, Deathstroke on the boat with Lex Luthor. But that's in the original version of the film. And then you get, like, Batman has another future vision dream. No! That was the worst part of Batman v Superman! And Sorry. it's 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 literally, they, they shot, a, this is a new scene they shot for the Snyder Cut. Oh, and uh, you get a little bit of Deathstroke, like, but then you get the scene with Jared Leto's Joker, and that's when Batman tells Joker, I'm gonna fucking kill you. Um, I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's, that's, and that's the second, 
uh, f bomb in the movie, which is what gives it an R rating because you only get one in PG thirteen. Um, jeez. Oh, I mean, technically, there's more blood in this cut, but I really, really think that like the only thing that makes it R, the the only thing that like you you couldn't have squeezed by the the board is just that there's a second f bomb in the film, <laughs> and it's just useless. Uh, Joker makes a joke about reach around. Uh. Uh, the Batman can't kill him because no one else would give him reach around. Um, that's in there. Uh, and it's, so, uh, so I guess I kind of want to ask. But thankfully we live in a society is just in the trailer. It's not in the film at all. It's not canon in any official canon. <laughs> the Joker has did, not said it in official canon yet. Did it? So, like that kind of leads me. I need to ask this, and I know that, and you kind of implied it, so I maybe this is a repetitive question. But so basically, it did it need this R rating, or did it get an R rating because someone wanted to be an edgy boy? I think they wanted to be an edgy boy. I don't think it okay. needed an R rating. Um, you do get a okay. It's honestly here's my thought. Here's my thought. What Joss Whedon and Zack Snyder have proven is that this could have been a good movie, but neither one of them got this shit across the finish line. Um. It's mm-hmm. if you take the Snyder cut, you could probably edit it down to a great two and a half hour movie. Maybe not a great one, but a decent two and a half hour movie. And am I glad they put this out? Yes, because it is more narratively fulfilling than Whedon's version by far, by millennia. Like, and if you had told me that they're going to build the rest of the D, they're not going to. But if you told me they were going to build the rest of the DCEU off of this movie, I would have been fine with that. Like, they're not going to. It's Warner Brothers has made it pretty clear that like uh no we're we're not changing direction cuz we gave you this it's uh we gave you this because you asked for it enough times and we have nothing else to put out because of a pandemic. Um <laughs> like it's So, I mean, I guess my 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 thought is that the Snyder cut was worth it. Um like, let me let me tell you my problem with this film. Like, there's so many times I'm like, there's duplicated scenes that, like, reestablish information we already have. Um, also, Cyborg is way too powerful in this. Like, he... So, so they introduce, like, all this stuff, all this more... Some of the backstory of, Cy- of Cyborg is, like, they give him, like, you... He has, like, technically access to every computer on Earth. Like, in um, Silas, uh, who's played by, I think, Joe Martin in this... Um, his dad, uh, Cyborg's dad, like, there's a recorded thing he leaves on a tape for his son, and, like, he listens to it, it's like, you have the power to launch all the world's nukes if you wanted to. I'm like, why would you give that to him? <laughs> Don't give he anybody that. that. He doesn't need that responsibility. But, like, he has access to, like, all the financial data of the, of, of the whole world in which he, like, walks into, like, this visualization oh. of a bank, which has a bear and a bull fighting outside of it. Um, and, like, I'm not kidding. And, like, he gives more money to one lady, but he has, like, access to everybody's bank account across the world. He could collapse capitalism. He literally could pull the ending to Fight Club out. <laughs> like It's like, uh, you have so much power, and you did, like, one little thing. Great. All the other starving people are screwed, but one lady who, like, had problems, you did something nice there. Why would to, you want to... Wanna... This is Zack Snyder. I don't think the idea of capitalism not existing is something he can imagine. Yeah, I don't think he like, can consider it. It's, that, I'm just like, 
I. <laughs> it's so frustrating. Like, but I'm just like, just don't give a character that kind of power. Oh. Like, you, you didn't have to walk through that door. Like, that wasn't that. That's definitely not plot required. That he have like, it's the access to the nukes. Also, I'm just like. Why would you want any single person to have the ability to destroy the world? This is like a supervillain introduction. I feel like we need to stop Cyborg. Like, <laughs> oh, and he's so, like, Ray Fisher is a perfectly fine actor. I am. I have no criticism of any of the actors in this film. I actually want to be really clear. Like, I don't even have a criticism for Jared Leto's Joker at the end. He actually gives his best performance wow. as Joker. He actually gives a good performance as Joker. It's not good lines. No, I believe you. I'm just, I'm impressed. Yeah, no. Um, but, but Ray Fisher's cyborg is just so depressed to be alive. He's just so unhappy to be alive. He's, he's, Can I? And, and when we compare it to, like, was it between Teen Titans, you know, C Cyborg, or like Cyborg on Doom Patrol? Is Cyborg on Doom Patrol is a guy who's unhappy about a bunch of shit, but it's still like. But he fun. likes being a superhero. Yeah. Like, yeah. to his credit. Meanwhile, and also, I just got to say this time and time again, like, Cyborg looks a million times better on Doom Patrol than he does in this movie because they did his costume practically. And I know that, like, <laughs> I think his outfit, I think his costume. Uh, Doom Patrol looks great, and that's what a human cyborg should look like. This the CGI cutscene character that they did to Ray Fisher is a disservice to the character and to the actor. I I agree with you on that regard. Hey, can can I point something out though that yeah. that you've mentioned that I need to get off my chest though? Sure. Mm -hmm. Uh. I still think, like, between Justice Weed, uh, Justice Weed, Justice League, and and the Snyder Cut, I still think it's very strange that they pick Steppenwolf as the main bad guy. Well, like, if you were to pick a character from from the New Gods like pantheon of the like of the Dark Side crew, like, I, it's such a bizarre decision. It's your first ever big budget Justice League movie, and you're gonna pick like. Gary from accounting. Well, okay, <laughs> so so I think it works in the Snyder cut. Um, so Steppenwolf is like clearly an underling, and you have communications between him and the like other like I forget the name of the guy who actually talks to, but then who is was working for Darkseid, and it's clear that it's clear that Snyder Snyder wanted to do a trilogy of Justice League films. So his the entire concept was that like. Darkseid would be the final bad guy in the final movie, and this is supposed to be literally, like, the, the weakest underling who would be sent there. Oh, and by the way, the anti-life equation is just kind of etched across the Earth's surface, and apparently uh, Darkseid just forgot what planet that was etched on. What? Yeah. Even though he That's some Michael Bay there? Transformers bullshit. I'm sorry. I gotta... Well, I mean, the mother boxes were already some Michael Bay Transformers bullshit, but, yeah. Go also off, I guess. true. <laughs> <laughs> sorry oh. also true i yeah. no i i just i i i get it i get that they want to start with an underling or whatever but like it's part of my problem with the whole we're just going to assume that we're going to get sequels well 
Yeah. So we're not going to start with an iconic villain. We're going to start with a character that even I, as someone who likes DC Comics, cannot bring myself to give half a crap about. Right. I, I'm sorry. It's DC has so many great characters. Jack Kirby created so many great new gods, and you went with fucking Steppenwolf. Yeah, it's. It, I I honestly think it works as a film because. I'll be. I'll tell you the truth. I wouldn't have recognized. Like I read a lot of Batman growing up, but I didn't read a lot of Justice League or Superman stuff growing up. So I don't know the the like. I'm not as familiar with the kinds of villains who would have required a team in the Marvel in in DC. Like I knew the Marvel stuff, but I you know DC was something where I only dipped into a couple of books growing up, and then I walked away for so long that like like I knew who Darkseid was. Mm-hmm. But and, uh, and and I get not wanting to blow the dark side load first thing. But I, I just I think that like so the way I will say the way it works in the Snyder Cut, um, the ending is so differently set up, um, that it implies like that that literally Dark Side was about to walk through, so it's like the looming threat of Dark Side throughout it. Um, I. I think it. I, I think Steppenwolf is a perfectly effective villain. I think that whoever you picked, most audiences weren't going to know because, like, audiences didn't know who Thanos was um, until they set him up in the films in the Marvel no, movies. I, and I, I agree with that. I'm just, I'm like, I'm just like off the top of my head. I honestly would have gone with like Calabac. I don't know who that Dar- is either. He's Darkseid's kid. So like it. Like, long story short, long, really overly complicated Jack Kirby bullshit aside, he's Darkseid's kid. And, like, I, that, I'm, I'm just saying that has yeah. more dramatic potential to me. I, like, I you, think I think that's I, I'm going to step in here and defend it just to say that. And again, as a person, I think it really works well. Like Steppenwolf, actually, his motivations and as a character works. That's like one of the few things that I think worked really well in the Snyder Cut. Um, so I think he, I, I, he was a terrible villain in the Whedon version only because he was just, wasn't a character in the Whedon cut. In this version, he is a character. He has like, he's like, he's, he's pretty much like kind of, it's, it's, it's fun. It's a little bit fun because he's like pretty much every, it, it seems that all the new gods think he's shit, like that he's terrible and he's disgraced. And like, he keeps asking to talk to dark side and getting told no. Okay, okay, no, I mean, like, that works. I'm just, where I'm coming at it from, again, I haven't seen the film, so I'm not, yeah. it's not a fair place, but, like, let's say you're you're doing a movie about something similarly iconic. Let's say it, you, you're doing a movie about the Beatles, and you want the climax to be, like, a really major concert. Are you going to do the Ed Sullivan show when they debuted in the U.S., or are you going to do when they were doing dive bars. Because that's what it feels like to me. Well, like, you dive bars, that's a much more entertaining movie. I... <sighs> There's nothing interesting about them once they're successful. But but that's... You might end I mean, at... Yes, but like, you, do you want to end it on... And then they, were, then they were at a dive bar. Not that they eventually became successful, just, nope, they just did a... Well, I think it, I, I got to say the way that it's set up in the I'm Snyder Cut is it feels like you're getting to um, like you would be ending the movie at them being booked on the Ed Sullivan show, which yeah, would be okay. a narratively fulfilling thing. And that's sort of what you're getting here is that for like it 
it the, the Steppenwolf almost in the Snyder cut Steppenwolf almost wins. Like and it's it's a very different ending than the Joss Whedon cut version. Um because I, again yeah. means nothing to me. I right. haven't I know, seen the Joss Whedon one either. So I know, is, and that's, that's like here. So you're reference. you're just gonna have to trust me that actually that is narratively fulfilling in the Snyder cut, and that's like actually the part of the film. Like I will say there's about a half an hour of this film that I was one hundred percent there for, and it's part of it's the climax. And I think that's why people like this film. So like when people talk about how they like the Snyder cut and like it's because they're remembering the half hour before the stupid epilogue that drags on forever and you get the future scene, the half hour going to the climax and like around it and like that final battle and like that, like some of the fight scenes feel like get boring in this movie because they take forever. Like there's like, I have thoughts about so many cuts they could have made, but the, the, the final climax, the climax is really good. And I think that it wouldn't have worked if you had a more important villain as the main villain. And okay. Yeah. It's, that, that's fair. I just, I don't know. It's just, I'm just in this weird corner where I'm like, I just, I, I feel like I really, I, I feel like, I feel like mm. the problem is Nick is that you're too familiar with the source material where you have familiarity with things that no audience is going to know or give a shit about. It's I, I just, I have to like, it's, I gotta be clear. You know, things that no, like characters who you think are more prominent are equally obscure to I, the, the, the target that. audience. I'm, so it literally, I think Zack Snyder picked them because he's, they could put cool horns on them. Um, I get that. I understand that. It's just kind of like, I'm just in this corner being like, you don't know if you're going to get a sequel. Yeah. Like, well, to be fair, when they were scripting this movie, it was originally supposed to have a sequel already ordered. And then they canceled that while they were already in production. Remember mm-hmm. Justice? It was supposed to be Justice League Part One and Part Two. Yeah, I do remember that. And so but but they like, they, they already we, had. They were. You're not going to get a sequel. I don't know. Go big. I'm. Uh, the, the, okay. Anyways, so I think that 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 wraps up. So the review of the Snyder Cut is: it's a better movie than the first edit of this film. It is still too much shit has been thrown in here. We got kitchen synced, and there's a creepy Icelandic woman on a beach sniffing a sweater. <laughs> While her two sisters sang uh, weird folk music. Well, she and her sisters sing weird folk music. I'm assuming they're sisters. They look alike. They dress alike. They walk together. They are of no narrative significance. And there's a long shot of the back of her head that I didn't you know, show you guys. But uh, it's okay. certainly um, as she looks out to see wistfully at someone who Aquaman doesn't even think to mention in his movie, which takes place right after this. Um Oh, I will say that. So the funny thing is that I did. We did uh, sit down and I actually hadn't seen Aquaman yet. Oh, my so God. So we watched this and then we finished it. And then uh, Krista was like, I want to watch Aquaman. I, we haven't seen that yet. And then we watched Aquaman. Right. So we watched Aquaman immediately following the Snyder Cut. Oh, I love um, Aquaman. And it was amazing. I love Aquaman. It was amazing. And it was like, there's <laughs> color. Yeah, because just. Snyder slapped his desaturated brown all over this version of the movie. So it was just like, oh my god, that octopus is playing those drums. And the, we the, the color palette's great. It's big, weird, and but goofy. Here's the thing. I love Aquaman. Here's the question about the octopus and Aquaman. And this was something uh-huh. that, like, so apparently being able to talk to the fish is a very rare thing, right? Like, they established that in the uh-huh. film. How'd they get the octopus to play drums? No one can oh, talk with him. He's a guy. He's like he he right. speaks the same language. He's a guy. Okay, because 
there's nothing to <laughs> tell us that. We came up with a whole backstory about an octopus who started showing up at parties and playing drums, and no one could understand them. <laughs> but then, like, doing that, and it's like gigging, and then the whole thing with his album release part. It's Chris that came up with a whole bit that was very funny, and I don't remember enough of it to to retell it, but it was it was great. Um, I I haven't read as much Aquaman, but my friends who are big Aquaman readers assure me that he's a guy, like he's an existing character. And they were very happy to see him. I've so. only like read like I... <laughs> two issues. I've only read like two issues of Aquaman ever, and it was in like the early nineties. So th- that I read them. I don't know. I don't even remember if the issues were from then. Um, so yeah, it's that. So so we should probably move on to the next story, which still involves Zack Snyder and the Snyder Cut. Uh, because one of the things that uh, one of the things that uh, Zack Snyder did right before the movie came out was uh, he was obviously out there raising funds for like mental health charities, you know, because we we all know the story about you know why he, or at least the official reason why he left the film, um, after you know one of his kids committed suicide. Um, Heart still goes out to him and his family. No one should have to go through that. No one. So, he appeared on this live stream, which actually was run by one of the contributors to a uh, certain YouTube channel, Geeks and Gamers, stylized <laughs> Geeks Plus Gamers. And he, when he came out, uh, well, I'm just going to play the clip of what he said on this live stream. Oh, wait. I realized I didn't plug the actual <laughs> iPad into the mixing board. While you're pl- while you're plugging it in, do you want me to quick establish for the audience who geeks plus gamers are? Because sure. I think that's yeah. kind of it makes this a it, it, there's a bit more catharsis when you know who they are. Yeah. So, um, geeks plus gamers are a uh, are one of the uh, YouTube pages slash web groups that really really was pushing for the release the Snyder Cut thing, and their contributors are extremely far right. Most of them are alt writers. Uh, they think any depiction of people who aren't white is is somehow offensive. They have this weird persecution complex about queer people, people of color, well, women being on screen. They're they're very toxic. They they constructed an insane narrative about how the left didn't want the Snyder cut to come out, which yeah, is I saw that like <laughs> bizarre because well, well like, you know what that sorry go ahead. Well, uh, go ahead. Oh, well, you know what that is, though? It's part of it is this narrative. And um, I'm not going to name names, but a mutual friend of ours fell victim to this narrative in the last year. But because it's yeah. what they do is they pander to that to the awkward nerd set and convince them that the left is trying to take your toys away. Yeah, I think Thought Slime has a good video about weaponized nostalgia. Perfect. That's yeah. Thought Slime has a great. That's a great video. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that and, largely talks about the quartering, but these guys fall into the same camp as that. Yeah, it's it's the same thing. It's 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 convincing people that the left wants to take your toys away, and then getting them riled up about something unimportant, really, so that they'll get angry at the left. That's always what it is. Yeah, and meanwhile. No one on the left, there, nobody had a guy, like, the, the response, like, I didn't, there's, the response from left-wing people I know was either they wanted the Snyder Cut or they didn't care about the Snyder Cut. 
And then there were people who were like, that doesn't technically exist. And it didn't. They had to shoot new things. Um, like They're like, it's just a work cut. And Snyder wouldn't let them release the work cut. They tried. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I'm, so... I'm only, as a leftist, I've only kind of, I, I'm only a little sad that my I didn't get the catharsis of, oh, the movie didn't actually turn out to be good. But even then, after this news that you're about to share, I'm now willing to just sit down and enjoy the movie at some point because yeah. I know yeah. a little bit about Zack Snyder now. Yeah, so Zack Snyder, um, you know, went on this live stream again, which was technically actually hosted by a contributor to Geeks and Gamers. Uh, and uh, this is this is what happened once they brought him out. Hey guys, how you doing? How's everybody Good. doing? Good. 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 Just a quick thing before we get started. I know that um, the on our on our um, donation page, we still have the Geeks and Gamers logo. I just want to say that I really um, we talked about this, and you know we're really not affiliated with Geeks and Gamers as far as I'm concerned. And I really just want to make that clear. And I also want to just say, um, you know, in, in light of recent events, I think we really, you know. If Justice League teaches us anything, it's about coming together, and we, there's no room for hate. And uh, I just think that it's important. It's an important message. And of course, as you know, as um, the father of the Asian children, it, it really hits close to home for me. And so, of course, in the all right. Sorry, I was, I was grabbing that off of someone else's video about this, and not the actual stream because I, <laughs> I don't want to give them money. So I love. I love that he just comes right out and disavows them. And there were and, and, and members of it are on the stream. It's on their it's it's great. Um It's just and it, it it just disavowed them to their face. I love it. I love it. And obviously this is in the wake of the uh horrific uh racially motivated Atlanta shootings, um with the massage parlor workers. Um where a number of, of, of Asian American women were shot, and it's horrible, and uh, it's mm. like, but like it, uh, <laughs> it's like, it feels pretty good though to know that Zack Snyder, he might, if going by his movies, I'm still going to assume he's not a very intelligent person, but at least he's not evil. So he's like, yeah, that's a small it's like, I take issue with the uh, Anne Randian philosophy inherent in his work. And like, isn't he doing like an Atlas Shrugged movie? Like he, he wants to do a Fountainhead movie, oh, okay. but he can't get anyone to, he can't get a studio to sign off on it. Sorry. Like wrong, he keeps yeah. saying he wants to, but it, it's, yeah. it hasn't moved forward. Yeah. It's so, but, so, but at least it turns out that he's just like you know, personally a moral person. <laughs> like, like he's he reminds me what he reminds me of are the guys who used to call themselves libertarians, uh, like thirty years ago. Who, um, obviously there were still you know completely overtly racist people under that label then, but like who who only supported uh economic policies that hurt you know that that backed white supremacy not necessarily realizing that they directly did like <laughs> like i feel like he's the kind of guy who you could fix um <laughs> he i th this is not i'm and i'm not never going to give him like a a free pass cuz he's done some oh, yeah, problematic no. as heck he's stuff in his like, movies. Oh God, don't even and i still think again. he's and he doesn't come off again he doesn't come off as a particularly smart director but 
I can't not respect the man for going right, like, onto the stream run by these alt-right dipshits and just crapping on them right there after they spent years doing nothing but kiss his ass. And, like... (laughs) Well, and it also, like, he's not a shitty person. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. and, and, like, some of their reactions afterward, like, they were upset that he's not a shitty person. Yeah. It was, oh, look at him virtue signaling. Yeah, yeah, him defending always, the Asian community call, when he has an Asian daughter. That's anything. so shitty of him. They call any time, like, anyone isn't a shitty person virtue signaling. Like, if you say, don't push old ladies on the ground, they'll be, like, virtue signaling. <laughs> you know, if you're, like, you shouldn't kick a dog, like, they'd be, like, virtue signaler. Like, you know, it's true. trying to get in good with puppies. Like, I don't need to try to get in good with puppies. Puppies love me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, it's everything. They call any time you're ever, anything that's not a selfish act, they call virtue signaling. And admittedly, seeing Snyder come out and do that, that turned, like, there was part of me that was really annoyed that these whiny fan brats like, basically, like, mobilized and bullied, you know, perfectly nice people into making this movie happen. Yeah. But seeing Zack Snyder disavow the worst parts of that fandom... To their face. Right to their face. Like, it wasn't, like, a a way that he could hand wave it. He did it right to their face. It kind of left me spending the rest of the weekend being like, hey, the people who are enjoying this movie have fun. Good yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, right? I'm really happy for you. Maybe I'll watch it even. Yeah. It, I don't know. I like Superman. I like The Flash. You know? <laughs> I just break it into chunks. It's a lot to watch at once. I think this would have been better released as a like web series because like it's just so long. And it's like four hours is day. a long I it's so I, long. But yeah, like good good for Zack Snyder. He gets points in my book. Mm-hmm. That's real cool. Even if he put the sweater sniffer in there. Snyder Even sweater, if he put the sweater I, sniffer in there. Snyder sweater sniffer is definitely the name of this episode. <laughs> oh man. Acceptable. Oh. Okay, so Even if he's the worst possible Superman director, I'm still you know what? He he gets points this time. If anything, it makes the Tyler Hecklin series look better. That's true. I can't even complain about that because I'm really enjoying the Tyler Hecklin show. Like yeah. it's real good. It's real good, you guys. If you ever want to see him with the shirt off, go watch Teen Wolf. <laughs> First season, they give that shirt off whenever they possibly can. Doing God's work. No, I'm saying. I mean, you know. Say what you want about Chris Evans, but Tyler Hecklin has America's ass. Like, if you watch that first episode, there's a shot in the opening of the first episode of Superman and Lois where you get a profile shot and the cape flies up and, like, you just see that round bubble right on the back of Superman. (laughs) It is... I cannot... I... Like, I had seen it before, like, in, like, earlier stuff in that costume when he was on Supergirl, but, like, it just reminds you of, like, that man's ass is just... It's true. It's amazing. 
Hey, seeing of America's ass. <laughs> Good. Yeah, no. Uh, so uh, to to dip back over to another superhero thing released this last week on a streaming platform that is owned by a parent company of a comic book company. Um, <laughs> the Falcon and the Winter Soldier premiered uh, on the, the uh, last week, and obviously, so we're recording this because um, we release the show monthly, and we're recording this on uh, March twenty second, and uh, so obviously, only the first episodes aired when we release this episode, and uh, it's so far, it's good. Um. It's so different. Like, it's just funny to watch this after WandaVision, like, to go back to conventional Marvel Universe. I I really, I'm mostly enjoying the setup. I'm super, I'm super uncomfortable with one of the lines in the show, and I have, I have torn just one throwaway line from the first episode to shreds. Um, because I'm, because I am a pretty extremely left-wing person. Oh, I don't know what Um, we're talking about. Okay. So when they're introducing the flag smashers. Okay. Um, there, there's a scene in the first episode, Sam Wilson is talking to one of his, uh, contacts. Right. And this character says to him, uh, these are the flag smashers. They want, uh, um, they want a united world without borders. Oh, and they yeah. don't say anything else, and I'm like, no, I want that. Just a right. second, like, <laughs> right? No, 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 no. Right, but it's okay. So, like, what is this Metal Gear? Well, okay. So here's the thing. Like, uh, that made perfect sense to me, though, knowing that we're literally talking about like two people working for the U.S. military having a conversation with each other. That of no, course, I that's the point that. of view that they have. Like, I'm, I'm just like, yes, that's the point of view they have. It's just I'm hoping that the main moral ethos of the show isn't going to lean into that direction and talk to us about how important borders are and leave oh, me just I don't think in. I don't think that's going to happen. I I really hope not. I'm, I don't uh, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just thinking I I think that while that is, you know, I think that the motivation of who's actually running that group is going to turn out to be different and that it's just using people to get them to, you know, with that as the selling point. Um we know Baron uh, Zemo is showing up, you know? Well, yeah, I know that, and I'm hope, but I'm just hoping that they don't play that motivation unironically, yeah. and maybe we'll get, like, a realistic, you know, fascist, co-opting, populist talking points to to move their thing along, but also that seems like a lot to ask from the Disney Corporation, so who yeah. knows? Um, that said, there are a lot of things I like. Um, so, sorry to... Uh, I, I I don't want to spoil too much, but I will say, uh, as a longtime John Walker hater, <laughs> it feels great. It feels great. That everybody seeing, hates him. Seeing the internet react with the same nausea to U.S. agents that I have every time I see U.S. agents, and every right. time I've seen U.S. agents since I was about thirteen. Yeah, it's... like I've hated that guy forever, and seeing like... everyone else just. I mm, like John Walker as a character in the sense that I like reading stories that involve him. I didn't, you know, I I wouldn't want to hang out with the guy. 
I like stories that involve him. It's just most of them are the stories where Steve and Sam punch him. (laughs) (laughs) I've actually, I've got an issue of U.S. Agent of like his solo book somewhere in my closet. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's U.S. Agent. I I love it. I love, I love, he's the guy you love to hate. I, I've, I've, like I said, I've never really liked U.S. Agent, so seeing the rest of the internet be like, yeah, screw that guy, it's been like, yep. Well, the entire concept behind him is that, the entire concept behind him is, what if patriotism isn't good? (laughs) Well, well, remember that, uh, um... I'm going to describe a comic book run from the 80s, and I'm probably going to accidentally spoil some of the trajectory of the show. Sorry. Um, Remember, U.S. Agent was introduced, like, during one of the many times that Captain America quit being Captain America in the comics in reaction to real-world political things. In this case, it was Iran-Contra. Yeah, and that's Um, when he—I know people involved with that. Um, He— He, uh, yeah, it's, uh, the, not the comic books. Um, yeah, and he became Captain America at that point. He'd already been, like, Super Patriot, I think, was his first name. I think so, yeah. Yeah, the Super then... Patriot. He showed up as that, and then he became Captain America after, uh, Steve, when Steve quit being Captain America. And then we got that really great, um, and then it was, it was a fun storyline, because, like, what we now know as the U.S. agent outfit was Steve's outfit at the time because he was calling himself just the captain. Ah. Um, and you had this, uh, it was, uh, you got to see like uh, a cap versus cap fight and it turned out that installing a, a right-leaning Captain America was was the, something Nazis wanted all along. It was, it was uh, very cathartic. Yeah, it's, Again, it's the entire concept behind his character is what if patriotism isn't good? <laughs> it's uh, and so I think that's I'm I'm excited to see where the series goes. Um, I know again haven't haven't gotten to watch any of it yet because of nope. life. So uh, we'll probably revisit this again in a month. I'm um, I'm sorry. I I probably yeah. Just we'll we'll story. revisit it as more yeah, episodes come out. Like we'll we'll know a lot more. You know, we'll have you know four more episodes before next episode before we record again. So, um, that's when we'll get to talk about the actual plot of the show. I mean, that's why like there isn't a lot of, but I will say it's nice. You know, after like you know, because WandaVision was I loved it, but it was oh yeah it like this so good. but like. Half of WandaVision's run doesn't really feel like the MCU because it's, you know, the whole premise of the show. And I, you know, it, it, it's great in its own sense. But that's why, like, that, the, like, the latter half of WandaVision plus this, it's just really nice to, like, be, like, I missed the MCU after not being in, like, seeing it for a year. But it's like, as opposed to the movies, it's kind of nice to get it in these like little bite-sized well, yeah, chunks no, of episodes, mm-hmm. well, rather than like hours upon hours of like story being shoved onto you. Well, it's because like especially with character, and I think this is going to be like this: the characters that they're doing in these, like if you took a look at you know Wanda, Vision, um, Bucky, Falcon, and then the Loki series, which is going to premiere later this year. These are all characters who, I mean, Loki more so than the other ones, um, like, they all show up in, like, the ensemble films, but not on their own. Like, it's, Mm -hmm. like, 
they're they show up in what would be in comics as just event comics and you never get to see read their individual issues this is getting the issues like like thor gets his own movies like you know and gets to stand away but like the captain america movies starting really with winter soul like all the captain america like with the exception of the first captain america movie are all like big event things like that drive the larger like you know winter soldier has the whole hydra reveal you know it's and has huge implications for other stuff um you know civil war is literally an avengers film with captain's america's name on it agreed it's so like we take a look at the movie and then obviously you know like avengers age ultron's avengers movie and you know infinity war and you know endgame so if you look at the appearances that like characters like Falcon and Bucky have gotten to be in, it's all like they've only gotten to be in event comics. And like, I mean, and again, like, you know, Wanda and the Vision start in Avengers Age of Ultron and then like you only see them in big event movies. And so this we're getting to see like the the actual like character development for these people. Yay. And I think I think that's great. Um, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really excited. I'm really excited to see where this goes. Uh, so uh, I'm everyone knows I'm I'm big on Captain America books, especially you know the big spy stories and that sort of thing. And this is, I'm hoping this is going to be my jam. It has all the indications it will be. So, so so yeah, we'll give a larger review once more of the episodes have aired in next month's episode. Um, I think that's safe to say for me to mm-hmm. toss that on the docket automatically. And so. Uh, We'll we'll talk way more about it next episode, but so far with episode one, we like it. Um, uh, those of us who've seen it. <laughs> uh, so uh, as we're an hour in, we should move on to our last topic here, um, and that is: uh, Do we think we're going to be in conventions by the end of the year? Yay or nay? And that's oh because... my god, something I can actually talk about. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's okay. What are your thoughts? Uh, <laughs> um, possibly. I think my answer is possibly. Yeah. It depends on a lot of different factors. Is the is the big overlying issue? Um, I think um, what could happen a lot sooner are outdoor kind of craft fairy. Um, I don't know if like really huge stuff like Ren Fairs and amusement parks would come open, even though some of them are starting to. And yeah. I don't think that's a really good idea now, but just little old me. Um, I think it's going to be a long time before like the super big conventions come back safely. Yeah. Just because of the number of people. I think smaller conventions could come back sooner since they are smaller, but I don't know. It's it's very much up in the air well, at it, this point. I think it's all going to depend on um, the vaccine rates, right? Obviously, exactly. it's like I I I have my first I have my I have my vaccination appointment scheduled. My first dose I get on Thursday, this week. Um, I'm getting the Moderna ver- vaccine, but like uh, we're in Wisconsin. All three of us are in Wisconsin, and right now I'm eligible to get vaccinated because of um, health stuff and. There are frontline workers getting vaccinated, but like most people can't get vaccinated yet, aren't going to be vaccinated eligible in Wisconsin until like May first. Like my wife can't get vaccinated until May, 
at the early. I'm about to say, uh, as a as a um insure as a Medicare insurance person, it is my duty to guide people to treasures so that I may never hold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's where I'm at right I now. I mean, yeah. Um. So, like, but but here's the problem. So. Right now, all three vaccines are approved for adults. Um, there, I think I can't remember if it's Pfizer or Moderna is approved down to like 16 years old is the the youngest. But none of these have uh, gone through uh, pediatric testing, and so mm-hmm. like most teenagers aren't eligible to be vaccinated. Um, like even when vaccines are eligible and we're able to start vaccinating the full adult population, the fact is, is that it, like. Um, there aren't an, an approved vaccines for like kids, and so that's going to affect a lot of stuff. Like, um, mm-hmm. it's like if people like there are people who bring their kids to cons. Well, they can't safely if the kids aren't vaccinated. And if there's not an approved vaccine before the end of the year for those kids, that means that you know those people are going to stay home, or at least they should stay home. Um, <laughs> Uh, like if you get situ and like teenagers, if they don't have like if they don't get the trials done for teenagers before conventions, that's like hell, man. That's like half the people at anime cons. I yeah. say, my my concern isn't will they open? It's should they open? Because yeah. I yeah. feel like we're going to be getting some before the end of the year but i don't think it's i think a good sci-fi cons will be fine because they're media they're <laughs> young i'm younger than people at sci-fi cons and i'm 40 yeah. <laughs> but no i i think you're right especially um because i'm looking at amusement parks as a model yeah. and like they're some of them are already starting to open back up and it's like i uh, should they though should they I don't know. One so. thing I'm saying is that once cons open back up, no matter what, I'm still wearing a mask everywhere. Like, and I hope everybody I know. else does. Because and... you know what? Like, I'll tell you the most beautiful thing about this last year. I have many problems with 2020, but you know what? I haven't. You know when the last time I got sick was? February 2020. Right. Yeah. Flu rates are like super down. Yeah, because we're all wearing masks. All wear a mess, and I love it. I, I mean, love it. It's a, and it's just like a good idea to like to keep the con crud away. Yeah, because like I, can't believe I, I know let y'all ev- breathe on everyone me. on right? this call has had it. Everyone listening who has gone to a convention has had con crud after you've been to a convention. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's a thing. And oh. if there's something you can do to mitigate that a little bit and maybe not make you feel so crap so crappy after a convention maybe we should do that good idea and also frankly y'all y'all look way more attractive wearing masks like all of you like i know i look more attractive with the mask on <laughs> I mean, and, and no one can smell your breath um <laughs> yeah i mean you should still take care of yourself yes yes you should hygiene is a good thing especially i I brush my teeth every night um but you know i'm just yeah it's so yeah that's my thought is that i i think there's a chance that cons aren't safe to go to till next year 
Yeah. It's all going to depend. It, it's all going to depend on like when the pediatric vaccines get approved. Mm-hmm. Agreed. <sighs> Big time agreed. So we don't have any mailbag this month. Which I was disappointed because we got like uh, the message pinged for the inbox, but it was just some spammer trying to sell us his company services. Oh man! Uh, everyone wants to buy posts on our website. I'm just like, I mean, put... were they good services? No. Was it like chicken? No, no. Uh, it's it like chicken well, nuggets. But let me tell you. Let me tell you. We put on our <laughs> website that we do chicken not... fritters. So we put on our website. On the fucking thing that we do not, we do not run sponsored posts. Do not contact about sponsors posts. Yeah, oh, there no. we get like yet yeah, the constant fucking sponsor. Oh, I said it twice. We're gonna get R-rated. Um, oh no. <laughs> but that does bring us to the the uh, the last part of our show, which is of course always the vomit hat Steve challenge. Challenge. And the Vomit Hat Steve Challenge is the part of the episode where I read part of a book to you, and the challenge to you, the listener, is to guess what book I'm reading from. If you guess correctly, you get included in our Hall of Awesome. The benefits of the Hall of Awesome are as follows. One, I read your name aloud every episode. Two, I put your name on the website on a page that's really buried. And three, again, I might high-five your mom if everyone's vaccinated. You don't know. Big if. Anyways, the current Big members if. of the Hall of Awesome are as follows. Archimai, Zero, Rena Ascenti, Cheesy McDamu, Krista, Slithery D, Shameless Otaku, The Random Ramblings Band, Corfan, Capito, Chris Graham, Lily Source, Paper Godzilla, Cavsy, The Minnesota Librarian, Sean Orange, Keith Shizuo, Sakura Sunset, Joel Kreisman, Patrick Delahanty, Wonderland Hearts, and Megzi Sass Council. And I am picking up the book that I have been reading for a while. I think this whole freaking pandemic. No, I was reading a different one for a while. Okay. This is uh, this is the line for this episode. When I entered the room, I threw myself onto Grace's bed, and it all came pouring out. If you know what book that's from, go to nerdintet.com slash contact. Click on the form form, t- fill it out, tell us. Or if you have anything else you'd like us to know, dream of, think of, do, just uh, go to that form and tell us, and we will, you know probably read it on the show like people like human beings you know because that's that's what we do i guess right i right. guess all right we'll with the, think about it with that i think it's time to call <laughs> this episode square i am of course Tradorn. I'm sniffing Aquaman's sweater right now. <laughs> as soon as convention, I was just thinking, like, as soon as conventions open back up, I am cosplaying the sweater sniffing lady, and nobody can stop me. Okay. So, what you'll need is me and Nick to also cosplay similar outfits to stand behind you and learn that Icelandic folk song. Yes. Okay. okay. Yes, we're doing this. I had a, my my friend Sam has been like I've been has done like an Aquaman costume on and off, and I've been threatening her to be Ocean Master at some point. So we need to coordinate this somehow. Yes, <laughs> we will figure this out. We need blonde wigs. All right. <laughs> someone, someone, get me an Arta coupon or something. All right. Uh, <laughs>
with that, it's time uh, to probably run away. Um, a sweat. Remember, you can always subscribe to this podcast on uh, iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play, on Spotify, anywhere that takes an RSS feed. You can subscribe to the show and listen to us every month, like in your thing for for free because it's a podcast and that's how podcasts work. At least they still do in 2021. Who knows? You know, we're not on we're not those fancy pants guys on Luminary. Although you can subscribe to the show on Luminary if you use Luminary. I don't know why you use Luminary because no one uses Luminary except for like five people and they subscribe to some. I don't know. What the what is the point of Luminary? Anyways, you should rate and review the show on those things too because that helps you know boost engagement and help other people get subjected to whatever the hell you just listened to. Um, remember that Nerd and Tie podcast is again unsurprisingly a part of the Nerd and Tie podcast network. We just we, a new show just launched on the network uh, a couple weeks ago, and that is Poor Man's History um, from the creative minds behind Cool and Unusual Punishment. Uh, where uh, Jody and Tyler get drunk every two weeks and read each other weird stories from history. And sometimes history is just like a few years ago, if you listen to the episode <laughs> coming out this week. Um, but Their their first episode is something that I wrote a uh, one of my theses on in college, and it is excellent. Yeah, it's just saying. So if so, cool and unusual punishment for those of you who don't know actually started out in this format and then moved into like serious actual journalism. <laughs> so they went, hey, we want to get drunk and tell each other weird stories, but we've built too much of a brand on actual journalism. So they've launched this uh, a sister podcast to cool and unusual punishment with poor man's history. That's P O U R man's history and you can find that on at nerdentai.com slash poor man's history or just go nerdentai.com and there's a directory of all of our shows um and you can you can subscribe to that on any major podcast platform and you should you should really check them out remember you can sponsor this show uh financially by you know sponsoring an episode for only twenty dollars or for a one-time fee of that or if you want to uh Support us individually. I have a Patreon at patreon.com slash T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N. Nick has a Patreon at patreon.com slash Nickazumi. Gen has sells stuff on the internet as Ocelot Dude Designs. And it's it's neat stuff, isn't it, Gen? Yep. What you got going in the store now? Um, I've got more succulents. More giant 3D succulent pillows. Yeah, they're neat. Anyways, you can also follow us on social media. You can we're on Twitter at Nerd and Tie on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Nerd and Tie. We're on Tumblr at nerdandtie.tumblr.com. That's how Tumblr URLs work. Um, just go ahead and follow us on all that social media stuff because in your hearts and your minds, in your thoughts, somewhere deep within you, there is a place. A place where you feel the need to make everything brown and you need to drown that voice and say no to your inner Snyder and say, no, I want colors, bright colors. <laughs> I want an octopus playing the drums in my heart because that dump, 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 that is the beat of eight arms with mallets and beautiful, beautiful giant drums. And you don't want to know where the skins that made those drums came from. Because Aquaman probably talked to it first. <laughs> drums in the deep they are coming yeah I don't know I'm just thinking of Ian McKellen alright as always keep on spocking in the free world and remember somewhere Zack Snyder's watching you oh god right now
Hang on. This. It's weird, man. It's weird. He should stop sniffing that sweater. <laughs>